Adams, Adams stole. Boss, and I stole. Boss, and I stole. I'm independent, got my own. Adams stole. Boss, Adams, Adams stole. Boss. Hey, boss friends, and welcome back to another episode of your bossiest friend podcast. It's your girl, your bossiest friend, D. Milan Mobley. And of course, you know that's T H E E M I L A N M O B L E Y. And if you don't already, make sure you are following me on Instagram and Twitter at D. Milan Mobley. <laughs> welcome back, friends. If you are new to the podcast, I want to welcome you. Um, we have had so much fun so far this season. So if you're just new and you have not listened to anything this season or the seasons before, stop what you're doing, put down the um, phone, stop the press and go listen to seasons one and two. This is season three, the season of uncomfortable, which means I have some really, really uncomfortable conversations to get us in those uncomfortable spaces so we can do the proper shifting that God has set for us. We are 80, almost probably 70 at this point, some days away from 2021. And the biggest thing that we have to really focus on is getting uncomfortable, friends. I can't express that enough. Getting uncomfortable is going to be super beneficial and super vital to your growth as a person and how you're really going to be in 2021. I know we said 2020 was a drag, you know, so much stuff has happened. It just seemed like it was like a really, really bad year, right? So let's not focus on 2020. Let's move into 2021 and getting uncomfortable and really growing in these spaces. So this episode, I have a treat for you. I have my accountant coming on the show, Dana Marie. She is phenomenal. We've been working together for almost about four years now. She keeps me right in sight. Um, so you're going to hear more about her in a few minutes. Well, more from her, more over in a few minutes. So hope you guys are ready. Take your notes. We're talking about finances. And we know that those conversations get really uncomfortable. They can put people in bad positions. They can end relationships. It's a lot that finances can do. So sit back and relax and Let's get ready to get your finances together. I'm independent, got my own. And I'm so bossy. And I'm, and I'm so bossy. Hey, boss friends, and welcome back. As I told you, I have one of my bossiest friends, one of my good friends, my accountant, the girl that runs the show. That's what I like to <laughs> It's because she definitely runs the show. If you know anything about finances, if you know anything about having a business, if you know anything about life, then you know finances run the show and that is Dana to me. She is the showrunner of my life. I love Dana to know it's because she definitely keeps me together and level headed. She knows about you all remember season two of course and the episode was down bad. So she was there. I mean she's been here for four years, but she was really there in the midst of me in the down bad season. So in that, you know, our relationship is flourished. I mean we've always been flourishing, but that I feel like our relationship grew closer because I really leaned on her to pull me out of that funk in that space. So Today, I want to bring her on just so we can really get into that conversation because a lot of us are still not having the conversations we're supposed to have, y'all, about these finances. And I know that we love to say, it's my money, ain't nobody's business, it's this, that, and the third, but it kind of is when you're in a relationship. It kind of is when you're trying to take a trip with your friends and you're lying about your finances. It kind of is when you're sitting there saying that your business is doing this, but your revenue and your profit are a little bit different. It's a lot of difference when you're talking about your taxes. So we're going to talk about the uncomfortableness of those conversations today. So Dana, welcome to the Boss's Feet. Please take the time to introduce yourself to your bossiest friends. Let them know who you are and all the amazing things that you do under finance and accounting. 
Wow, what an introduction, girl. What an introduction. Um, hey, everybody. I am Dana. I guess I go by Dana Marie. But like Milan just said, I'm an accountant. Um, I run a business management company that focuses on creatives, individual talents, and small business owners. Um, I've been kind of doing my own thing for about, what, four years now? Yep. Um, yeah, that's that's just what I do. I mean, it's kind of straightforward. I just, you know, try to keep people on track when it comes to money, their relationship with money, and just, like, kind of be that personal CFO, so to speak. Awesome. Awesome. I like that with their relationship with money. You know, a lot of times we think, like, okay, you're in a relationship with every other aspect of your life, but you are in a true relationship with your finances, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I think, financial dates every Tuesday with myself, right? I take myself right into that couch, get real cozy, <laughs> <laughs> open up that bank account, wine and dye myself with the pen and paper and <laughs> to the business. But it's super important to really reflect and look at what your finances are and what you've been spending. Before we get into that, let's talk about you, Dana, real quick and how you really got into finance and accounting because hate numbers and you know that I hate numbers I hate math I hate thinking about it I don't even like this but I mean I know I have to so let's talk about how you got into that how you really have a passion for it so it all started I know this is like very cliche but I will never forget this moment um I my parents I'm from South Carolina and my dad bought a car I was in like fifth grade no I was a little younger than that but anyway my dad bought a car and um we went to go pick it up and um they were taking a while and me and my mom were talking to like the guy's husband the, the guy's wife or whatever um so we were talking or whatever she's a teacher and blah blah she had like a whole bunch of change like it's like jar- like she had like one of the biggest jars of change i have ever seen in my life and you know black people we love to keep change in random places and random bags but she had this big okay. jar of change <laughs> yes and i had to be young in fifth grade because i remember her sitting me down like her mom like chit-chatting or whatever and she's like you know count this like count me out x amount of dimes x amount of pennies x and it just stuck with me i was like oh this is kind of fun and i just was playing i was literally just playing with change and that kind of started like even with my dad like he always kept change and i was the person that always counted when it was kind of he would never take it to the bank and you know have to roll pennies up back in the day no he would make me count everything out <laughs> and you know just kind of handle all of that and that was kind of my introduction to just counting in general so when it came to like go to high school you know go to college or whatever accounting just it just stuck with me um I was always always knew I wanted to be in the business space and um one of my earlier teachers always told me that accounting was the language of business Mm. so if you know accounting you know anything else and that is something that's very true and that's kind of the approach that I take so I'm like okay if I can help my clients you know maintain their relationship with money then you know, I can kind of help them out in other areas of their business if they need me. That and kind of use that as like you know to align myself accordingly. Yeah, no, that's good. But it's, I like that the language of business. That is mm, that is true because <laughs> yeah. I don't know many people that can run a business without um those coins being intact. I think it's funny that your dad has you do that and just really counting money old school. So my uncle really quickly he has this deal where he has what is it's like the penny sleeve, the quarter sleeves. Yes, <laughs> he had a feel, and at the end of the year, right before like Black Friday, the holiday times, he then breaks them open. He takes them to is it like the, the what is it the coin slot where it gives you actual money like cash? Mm-hmm. He takes it there, yeah. and that's what he uses. And 
to like lie to y'all not he literally has thousands of dollars in coins and that's the money that he used to go shopping for black friday and stuff and not saying that he doesn't use you know his hard earned money through the year but he uses that which is crazy because we focus so you know so much time on okay i gotta save this out my paycheck he said i'm saving pennies and coins and every time i come in the house whether i from when i used to live there to coming in from out of town he was like you got some pennies you got some quarters i know you do <laughs> confiscates all of our pennies and quarters but it's so funny you say that because I can definitely relate to that but it's such an effective measure and I think it does kind of make money fun especially when you're trying to see what you have at the end of the year yeah yeah because it's just crazy because I I remember like if I was walking I would see like you would pick up a quarter Mm -hmm. or it was a penny or a nickel I would just and my daddy used to be like if you don't pick that nickel up like (laughs) nickels make dollars pennies make dollars like what do you do like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. throw it into my little jar and before the little coin star machines, you know, old school, we was counting that. We were counting <laughs> the change. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Because I have been in the position where I've seen a penny. I'm like, it's just a penny. I don't need that. Yep. Now, I need all my coins. Pennies, nickels, dimes, whatever it looks like, I need that. <laughs> I need it in my hand. Yeah. So I don't want you all to think that when you see a penny, you should turn away from it. Like she said, pennies turn into dollars. Dollars turn into hundreds. Hundreds turn into thousands. And you know the math after that. So don't shy away from a penny now you never know what a penny can do a penny to fund your next business and you didn't even know it listen they add up quickly they definitely add up quickly okay so let's let's just give a little bit so we talked about how you got into finance and talked about your love for accounting and all the cute little hacks that we can take with us i know we're gonna have more hacks that we can go forward with but let's talk about that actual relationship piece right let's break it down we have the relationship piece as far as finances with your partner. You have the relationship piece with finances with your friends, finances with your business, and finances just with your own self. You, 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 and you. So touch on all four, of course, but let's talk about, I'm not going to talk about the one everybody wants to know first. Let's talk about the one with yourself first. Why is it so important to be financially fit with yourself? And what type of uncomfortable conversations do you have to have with you before anything when it comes to finances? I think it truly starts with knowing how much you're bringing in and knowing how much you're spending. I think that's like the first level of the conversation that you have, which like your relationship. Um, Because I think a lot of times when you, with your relationship, your money with yourself is that we can spend, 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 you know, like you get paid, you you know, online shopping, do whatever. Like you just spend, 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 spend. And I've just learned a lot of my clients that I work with is that, they don't know how much money is coming in and how much mm. is coming out. Because number one, they don't have a budget. And that's red flag number one. Uh, <laughs> like, you have to have some, you have to have Excel, whatever, you know, it's apps for it now. You have to have something that tracks the money that is coming in and the money that is coming out. Because you don't know how you need to kind of, what you need to do for yourself if you don't have that blueprint laid out for you. Because like me, I would be completely transparent. I'm an emotional shopper. If I get, if I'm mad, if I'm feeling, I am, listen, I, my first thing is let me go buy me something and it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. And I've had to like, kind of, I had to kind of do my own little self audit and be like, all right, girl, like get yourself together. <laughs> um, And just knowing how to maneuver and kind of, I don't say be reactive, but cope, you know, like check myself mm. like it's not a, like you know you've you've reached your spending um 
your spending cap for today. No. That's, so I think, yeah, that, that's good. No, that's real good. I... I think I think I text you. I may or may not text you. I don't know. But I recently just spent my first five hundred dollars on clothing for the year, like two weeks ago. And this is for a trip in December. But that's my first amount that I've spent like chunk on myself. If it didn't have to do with bills, if it didn't have to do with any or household things, I have not purchased anything for myself. I, of course, outside of getting your hair and your hair and nails done when the world opened back up, but outside of that, I don't. None of that cost five hundred dollars. But actually, in a lump sum, was my first time spending five hundred, and I felt horrible. And I wasn't emotionally spending or anything, yeah. but I just felt so bad because I felt like I've been doing so good. I just felt like that was like a large chunk that was taken out of my life. So, is it normal to feel like that? Is it good that I feel like that? Does that mean that I'm actually not I'm not gonna say financially responsible, but does that mean like I'm conscious of what's happening and that's a good thing? Um here's the thing. I think everybody's relationship with money is personal. And sometimes it's a lot deeper than like, you know, just spending spending and saving. Because I've learned that like myself, like when I spend a lump sum of money, like I immediately mm-hmm. feel guilty. Like, you know, like, Ooh, like I should have did that. Like it's a lot, it's a chunk of my life. Like, what am I doing? But that comes from, I think for me personally, like my upbringing, like I didn't come from, from a financially mm-hmm. stable household okay. at all. So it's like a guilt where it's like, damn, like I'm spending this money, <laughs> but what it's like a, a little birdie is always back in my head. Like you shouldn't be doing it, even though I have it and I can do it. It's just uh, something's always like, ooh, no, no. Um, but yeah, I just kind of think it's more so related to, uh, to your point, like it is, it does make you more conscious, but I just think like, back to like, finance is just so personal. Like, and it just brings so many like emotions depending on the person. I know, I know how you are and you're very like, <laughs> so <laughs> Yes, yes. If you're a frugal person, of course you're stressing out. I mean, I don't consider myself frugal, but I consider myself like yeah, you know, you know observant, um, and efficient. That's the word, like efficient yeah. <laughs> with my money. But it's just yeah, it's just really it's just personal, and I just think some like when it comes and I did like that self audit. Um, and when I first graduated from college, you know that first that first job out of college mm-hmm. paid you in pennies for the most part. Um, so I was struggling. So I would like, um, I was, I had a notebook and I was just kind of write down, like, just to track, like, okay, I bought this and why did I buy it? That's it. And I did that for like two mm-hmm. months. And I just kind of did some self-reflection. I'm like, okay, so if I feel this, I do that. Instead of spending money, what else can I do when I feel like this again? And that's what I had to do for me. Cause I am an, like I say, I'm an emotional shop and that's how I got it under control. I think it's like as long as you're self-reflective, like if you know you said you feel like really anxious, like granted you haven't spent anything since we've been in quarantine for almost the whole year. <laughs> so you haven't really spent anything <laughs> at all. And I was just like, why would I do that? But like I said, I needed it, of course, because I literally, I, I literally haven't purchased yeah, clothes since it. my birthday last year. And that was for my birthday. So actual clothes like purchase, I have it. So I was just like, OK, like, don't feel so bad because you kind of did you kind of did and I still do need some more clothes but I've been spacing it out so granted I spent that 500 in September I probably won't buy more clothes 
necessarily for the trip and just overall into November when it's close to the end of the year and I can see what the rest of the year is looking like because right now it's not the end of the year so I can't really gauge that but you said something else that was important which is a perfect segue into the relationship aspect of things so when it comes down to like you said, growing up and being in a household that may or may not be financially responsible or physically responsible, when you have your relationships, this is a conversation a lot of people don't want to have. Like, and how I want you to answer how to have and how soon to have this particular conversation. But when people get in relationships, they don't want to talk about credit. They don't want to talk about if they pay taxes or not. And they don't want to talk about their financial situation. And I personally believe for Che and I, I think I told you this, that was our first conversation, our first three hours on the phone. Like we laid that out on the table. Here's my credit score. This is what it is. And that's just that. Because it's, I don't think, and this is me personally, of course, disagree if you feel different. I don't think that that's a conversation you should have when you're about to purchase somebody a wedding ring. You need to know that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, baby, I feel, I feel you on that. Like, that's something you got to do early. Because if you, like, I've had, like, you know, I've had friends who they've kind of waited to have that conversation with their significant other. Um, and it didn't end, you know, it was never any, it didn't end bad. Like, it was nothing, you know, no negativity was revealed. But I've always been the type of person where it's something that important to me. Like, I want to have that conversation before I even, like, consider getting that close to you. Because it's like, if you, because... This thing about it, marriage and relationships, well, marriage is mm. basically like a business agreement. So when you marry somebody, you taking on a debt, asset, mm. you know, like y'all becoming <laughs> one legally. <laughs> so it's like, you got to get that out the way. Like, and I think a lot of times mm. it is an uncomfortable conversation to have. But um, if you approach it with respect, and what you say is how you say it. Um, and just trying to be, just create a dialogue that's open, honest. And, you know, you're not, no judgment, so to speak. I just think, I mean, I don't see how that can go wrong. I know men and their ego be kind of whatever. <laughs> but I just think that's a conversation that should be had. If, if not, I know you said the first three hours on the phone. But at least oh, yeah, no, first, I wasn't like, really saying you had to do it. That was just us, but I'm saying that's how <laughs> soon it should be. It should be conversation yeah. so you talked about taking on debt let's ha- let's tap into that really quickly with the relationship aspect so of course everybody knows i think there's no secret the world knows that i have financial aid and i have debt and student loans like that's been up to me i mean i'm not afraid to say it because okay. that's the truth right like okay. i'm a first generation college student it wasn't late on the Che and I had that conversation and she was like, you know, no, like, okay, how much is it? How much do we have to work down? You know, that's gonna be our responsibility. And for me, like granted, like you said, you're one, and I want you to help emphasize this to our boss friends. Granted that we're gonna be one when that time comes. However, that's still my responsibility to take care of because that's what I came into this relationship with. So can you please touch on your financial situation, whatever it is when you come into the relationship, it's still something that you have to focus on. It does not become a y'all problem, even though it may be a y'all problem. Oh, yeah. You have to take accountability. You got to own what you bring into the relationship. I didn't mean to come off as like, you know, once y'all get married, you know, everything is kind of this one pot. No. Whatever you walk into it, like from my from based on how I would approach a relationship, yeah, that's that's my responsibility. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna take care of it. I mean, when it comes to the loans, I mean, listen, they gotta get to die because <laughs> I am not. <laughs> 
okay, because I'm just not breaking my neck to pay them student loans back. They get the, the bare I mean, minimum. I, I, mean, it's highly, I think it's um, highly impossible <laughs> unless you're just going to literally come in chunks and say, here you go. You pay the amount that they want, you yes. back tomorrow, the interest has made that amount come right back. Like, what was, what, what was the reason? I, I have seen the statements of somebody who's been paying like an extra like 200 on their student, the federal student loans every month. Okay, they may have brought it maybe for like the past like almost a year for the most part. Their actual the principal balance may have went yeah. down like five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. That was the moment for me, and I was like, "Y'all have never seen this money out of me, like ever." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I just think when you are approaching relationships and money, you've got to be completely transparent and open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just they own it. Yeah, I think that comes back to the, you know, that personal conversation you just had with yourself. Once you get comfortable with that personal conversation with yourself, I think you can pretty much tackle that to your partner. But if you're not comfortable talking to yourself about it, how are you going to be comfortable talking to somebody else? Yeah, and once you, and if you know, like, you know, like, you know, how much, what your financial goals are, you know, like how much you want to have in your savings, like, you know, how, how many credit cards you Mm -hmm. want, the credit, all that type of stuff on your own. That honestly, to me, would dictate how you date. Because if you go to somebody who don't have it all together, you're less likely to be with that person because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a downgrade or a trap. Like, if you got a credit score of 750, why would you go, you know, marry somebody mm-hmm. like a 480? And they play, okay. the thing is, but they plan on keeping it there. That's what I think. Like, and they're content with it. You know, I can see everything. Everybody messes mm-hmm. up, you know, at credit, everybody yeah. messes up. Nobody's perfect, but you at least have to be working towards something else. So you two, y'all have to be on the same page when it comes to finances. Or or me yeah. personally, I just fucking would never yeah, if y'all aren't, If y'all can't get on the <laughs> same page, it's not going to work. Y'all have to be on the same page. It's not going to work if you're not mm-hmm. on the same page, right. and I can definitely agree with that. Okay, so let's, 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 let's jump a gear. Let's talk about, so we just talked about the personal. We talked about the relationship. Now let's talk about the friends, the conversation with your friends. <laughs> because there's so many components you can touch with that, right? You have the friends who act like they don't have the money and they want you to buy everything. You have the friends who flex above their means. And the flex above their means, of course, is, oh, yeah, girl, we going to Jamaica. You know, you coming along. Oh, girl, I'm in there. I got this. I'm about to do that. And they come down to the trip and homegirl is not coming. Then you have, <laughs> then you have the friends who <laughs> literally just don't know how to get it together in finances. So when it comes down to having those uncomfortable conversations with your friends, how does that work and what should it look like? so you have to know your friends first of all (laughs) when it comes to like approaching a conversation um you got to know your friends and you got to know how they would receive you know because I have some I have close friends of mine who we've never talked about our finances at all like like nothing at all um and I have other friends you know we talk about our credit you know it just depends on the relationship like you know how you guys communicate but I would just say, like, it takes it back to being accountable and transparent. Like, I think a lot of times with our friends, you can find you can find yourself in a in a situation where how can I put this? Sometimes you got to say no 
to meet your financial goals. And some people may not be comfortable with that. Because at the same time, being open, back to being open and transparent. Like, if you tell your homegirls, like, to your Jamaica point, like, hey, girl, I'm going to go to Jamaica. If I tell you, oh, no, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to hit my savings goal, I'm going to miss this trip. All that pressure back, like, okay, cool. You see you on the next one. But most times, friends, some friends would be like, no, girl, come. Mm-hmm. Like, forget that. Like, the peer pressure, you know, like, come, you got it. Blah, blah, blah. And then you feel bad, so you booking a trip and you going. But even though he you really want the company that. that you keep, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, that's really all. Because like, because you talked about like people, like friends that you have where you always got to pay mm. for stuff. If you always paying, ain't your friend. I don't. I do. I don't think so at mm. all. If you're always paying. I don't think that's your friend. It should be reciprocal, especially in friendship. You know, like when especially. When we were back taking Ubers and Lyfts, <laughs> that was what people always used to act funny when it was time to get an Uber. And people would look around like, oh, I don't have Uber on my phone. Or, you know, like, oh, I, let's split it. You know, that conversation would come up. And that That's is so true. Really see, and like, what gets me, and this is, I've heard several people had this conversation before, and they've come to me asking me for advice. And they're like, every time we go somewhere, every time we go out of town, it seems like that person don't got their they credit card. It seems like they don't got this. Like that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like I need to have a conversation because <laughs> it's it. How how are you coming? Why do you yeah. feel comfortable with coming? So that's a good point. One, just be, like as we said, being mindful of the company you keep, and then being open and transparent with your friends. You have to be open and transparent. This is why I just call your boss from the podcast because I'm being open and transparent with you. If you don't have the money, friend, don't come, friend. Okay, tell your friends that. Be understand goes back to being that personal thing. Mm-hmm. Understand your personal situation and vice versa. Whether you have it or not, friend, you have to understand your financial situation. You can't always carry the burden of others. It doesn't. You cannot. You can. You mm-hmm. cannot. You because people will leech off you if you, if you allow them to. <laughs> but you just gotta, you know. And also to add to that is that like. Some like I'm the type of I'm kind of thinking about myself. Like I'm not someone who I can't put this. I when it comes to like money and like some of my friends, I'm not somebody that will like mm-hmm. yeah. try to intrude on one of my friends. You know, like if you come to me and you open the door for the conversation, we can have it. But I've mm-hmm. always seen finances to be very you know personal. Even like in even in friend groups, so it's a thin line for me sometimes because like I, you, you are supposed to be open and transparent, but at the same time, is that like certain things should shouldn't be other people's business when it comes to fun? Like I would I would feel weird. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, me and you, we both got student loans. We know that, you know. But when it comes to like, I wouldn't you know sit down with my home girl and ask her, like, <laughs> like, like, say, "Girl, talking that you got," you know. <laughs> yeah, because like, I can say, yeah, I can see certain people, you know, like it's just certain things. Because like I was raised where this is kind of off topic, but mm-hmm. when you let people, you never ask how much somebody paid for something. Yeah, and that's what I thought about. Like that's kind of rude. Like oh, you know, how much is this? Like how much? How much you paying for that? Like that's kind of proper finance right, etiquette. Improper finance etiquette. Like, <laughs> finance etiquette. like <laughs> that's, that's just rude. How much you paying for that? <laughs> yeah like girl did you want to buy it and it's, did you want to buy it you know, but when it comes to friends I just try to be fair you know 
just try to be, if we going out, if you've got the Uber there, I'm going to try to get it back. And just keep stuff balanced. That's just me personally. But if you got, if you listen to this, you got a homegirl who ain't Ooh, caring. Call her out still. I'm trying to call think. That, that might be the name of this episode. Call her <laughs> out still. <laughs> Listen, listen, you have like you have to because part of getting older is like having, yeah, and I think, and of course, with this season being the season, we just continuously promote the uncomfortable conversation because you're always going to have to have it in order to scale, in order to shift. And I, every Tuesday when I have my financial day with myself, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> but I see something in the last week that could have been different, right? Mm-hmm. I see something, I said, okay, I ate out all last week, this week we're gonna try this two times, and, you know, you just things but those are uncomfortable conversations that you have to have and it's uncomfortable yep. to look at your bank statement if it is every time so you have to be uncomfortable and it's an uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversation and finances with your partner every time you have it i don't think there's ever a time you're going to be comfortable having a conversation with finance with your partner but i promise after that conversation is over the shift is coming the scale is coming so let's so let's see with these uncomfortable conversations before we touch on taxes a little yep. bit and then budgeting for your lifestyle business finances let's talk about that the uncomfortable conversation you have to have with yourself when it comes down to the business finance because we know that people are out here and saying oh yeah my business is making a hundred thousand this that and a third but their profit is only five thousand they have myself have business credit cards and they have not had that uncomfortable conversation with themselves like sis you need to stop using this business credit card and switching over I know we had that conversation though like I can say that I had a conversation with you where it's like okay well you're a sole proprietorship you're by yourself so it's okay but again it's an uncomfortable conversation because you can't always do that when it comes down to, I'm going to tie these two together, when it comes down to taxes and having a business with your finances and filing your taxes and actually identifying things and justifying them, a lot of times people, and not even a lot of times still to this day, people are like, well, I'm going to just count that off as a business expense with food. Okay, well, I'm going to count this off as a business expense. And we were having a conversation where certain things is not acceptable anymore. So touch on that and then touch on the uncomfortable conversations you should have with yourself regarding your business finances in order to be successful. So the uncomfortable conversation that you have to have about your business finances is this. It's just very straightforward. If you don't have a QuickBooks or some kind of online bookkeeping system, get one. And if you're somebody who can't, because I mean, to be quite honest, some of them, you know, if you're a kind of a numbers person, you can kind of, depending on the size and the volume of your transactions, you may be able to maintain it by yourself. If you can't, find somebody who can because it's going to cost you a lot more, save you a lot more money to get it early versus late. Because if, like I said, I feel like everything circles back <laughs> to the first, our first question, our first topic or whatever. It's like you have to know how much money is coming in and how much is coming out. And it has to be on paper and documented. Because when it comes to tax time, if you don't have a record of your spending and you can't see where it goes, you're missing deductions. You could be writing stuff off as business expenses that are not technically business expenses at all. So you have to have that record and documentation. It's going to save you a lot of headache, especially um, because I've had people bring, like when it comes to tax time, like I've had somebody bring me like a shoebox (laughs) of just receipts. And I'm like, what am I about to do with this? (laughs) Like, what do you think? um, You think I'm about to sit here? No, it is. We are in the 20, no. Mm -mm. I'm sorry, I I can't deal with that. 
you have to have that. You have to have like a very accurate bookkeeping system. Or you won't like you mm-hmm. like you said earlier, like, you know, you grossing a hundred K, but you net you know, like, but you got five it's just it's a disconnect. So you gotta have that actual bookkeeping system so you can get your profit and loss statements, your balance sheet, so you can actually see it on paper and truly get a very clear picture of how your business is doing. And you cannot do that. Let me share that one more time. If you do not have a bookkeeping mm. system, Excel, Excel is not that. Is not that. Shout out to QuickBooks because that's what we use. I'm actually going to put the <laughs> link um, in the description for QuickBooks. So um, for the one that I use, so I definitely suggest getting on there. I pay $7 a month currently for it because I got it on a promo, but it's no more than $10 a month. And that is something that's going to save you in the long run. Like you said, if, like Dana said, if you, you know, you can do it yourself, that's going to be the easiest way to maintain it. I mean, Dana looks at my QuickBooks and does it because, I mean, I have a lot of transactions that come through. So it's a little bit different. But if you are a startup or you don't have that many transactions moving through, then definitely QuickBooks self-employed version. Like I said, I'm going to put the link in there. It's going to be great for you to utilize. Yep. It is super straightforward. And even like, because QuickBooks is, is owned by Intuit. I think it's, called, it's pronounced Intuit or whatever. But they, mm-hmm. yeah, they, TurboTax. They own TurboTax as well. So you shoot it right to when it's tax time you can shoot it right to TurboTax and be your taxes in like an hour all of you have a bookkeeping system that is that is the foundation for any small business now have this last uncomfortable conversation with them tell them what they cannot justify as when their tax return from their business (laughs) their rent why can't i do that (laughs) <laughs> That's what I see a lot. <laughs> no, no, the IRS is not right. That's your personal house. That's where you live and lay your head at night. <laughs> you make it, it's a small, you make them do like a home office deduction, but like you cannot deduct your rent. I'm sorry. I mean, if you want to do that, that's cool. But if you ever get that audited, was uncomfortable. Not for me, you but <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, we'll let you go. Yeah. And also to the bits that like we talked about, like the meals and stuff, um, you have to be careful that when you are, you know, getting meals that you're like, if you get a receipt, I've had something like write down lunch with potential client or make sure you document it as, you know, you had lunch with X, Y, and Z or business lunch or something like that. If you are, that's another extend this a little bit further with that. I know people that will have $5 and say this is worth for the client. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, meals, meals is mm-hmm. kind of like one of those deductions that's like really gray. Um, and it's just always better to over document versus under document just in case you ever get audited. Like that's, that's really all it is. It's just like, you're not you would never send these receipts to the, you know if you do get a receipt but it's just a really good practice to have just in case and i'll be like i'm really conservative when it comes to the irs and tax returns <laughs> so i always try to stay you know be overly cautious but so whenever you get any type if you're out you know grabbing a coffee you can put like you know workday coffee. Just making sure you're documenting on any type of receipt. If you know if you're getting them, if you're a person who saves, some people don't save them. If you don't, disregard all of that. Make sure, but people who do, 
make sure you make are sure doing the good it. people. Good people, make sure you are doing Hold it. Now, record. before I let you go, let's talk about budgeting for your budget. lifestyle. Okay. So budget for your lifestyle, give us three things that you can do to budget. You know, one of mine was the little envelopes you created for me this year. But of course, that was kind of hard to do considering the COVID happened. It kind of fell through, but I plan to pick it up next year. But yeah, give us three things that's easy that they can do to budget for their lifestyle. Hmm. So create a budget first. So whatever type, whatever your discretionary income after you paid yourself with savings, you paid out your bills. Um, I personally suggest um throughout the week using cash. So kind of that's kind of like your place spending money. Say like a certain amount each week. Put cash in your wallet. I know most people don't use cash anymore, but I think that kind of helps keep you on top of things and manage your spending. Because once you're out, you're out. And if you still have leftover, great. But if not, oh well, because you allocated for this amount. Um, another thing, a lot of apps, it's not really budgeting, but from the savings aspect, I think there are a lot of apps out here now that do really good with tracking um, your spending and kind of letting you know where you are. Mint is one. Um they will literally let you know, like, you can say, I want to spend $100 a week on groceries. I want to spend this amount on hair or whatever. Mm-hmm. Once you're hitting, like, close to, like, your allotted amount, it'll let you know. Like, it will literally text you every morning and read you for fill. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> listen, it's, it could be a personal attack sometimes. Because they will literally lay it out for you. First day you wake up, hey, you spent this amount yesterday on this. And you're like. Did I? This hurt your feelings. Yeah, okay, let, let them know. You can really adjust it how you want to, but if you don't, um, and they see that you, if it sees that you are getting coin, it's going to take some coin from you. You're going to see yeah. it. Seventy dollars saved today. Seventy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I like it because you can create your own savings mm-hmm. goals, and you can also link it to pay bills. Which is really, really helpful. Like small, like cell phone bills, like you could even like student loan, like loan payments. You can yeah, literally like sure link is. certain accounts and it will take a little bit out each time. And I love make it. That book I would never go back. You don't even see it. Digit has changed my life. I'm going to put that in the description as well, yeah, guys, I so love, you can yeah, get I in Digit. and get to Digit. Digit is super easy and it's not like it's costing you anything. I think they do have like a small fee, but it's like five cents or something like that. But out of the, all the money you save, it's worth it. No, seriously. I know oh, it did me like, you know, a little weekly check in. This week we say it said this week we say separate hundred and twenty dollars. I said you got it. <laughs> Who says and I do when I looked at my account, I really didn't even notice that it wasn't weird. Because I mean, who really looks at I mean, some people do. I don't really look at my bank account every single day, especially if I'm not doing anything. And my bank account, if anything changes, it gives me an alert so I don't have a reason to look at it. But when I looked at it, I was like, oh, it took that much? Okay. And then when I actually opened the app and I saw how much I had saved this year, I said, well, you better shut your mouth. Yes, and you don't. That's why I love it because you don't see it. Like, I don't do well. Like I said, take it back to like your personal relationship. I don't do well with my savings account being linked to my debit account, my checking account. To me, that's one thing. Like all of my true savings accounts are in like online only banks where I literally don't see. I don't know what the balance is. Yeah. It's just there. 
and I just pay it in digit. I can't see. I can't. See. My savings and my savings checking cannot be linked. Yeah, they basically. All want in my but life. I do have a list. I, so we one last hack, guys. I have um. Well, for me, one last hack for me. I have the online savings account. So I just look for it. I'm sure it has a strong APY on it. So when I'm putting it into the online savings account, it's just, you know, building on that percentage. So you doesn't have a required deposit amount or anything. You just put whatever you want and then it puts whatever percentage into, you know, your money that you have deposited. And then I don't even look at that. I just have it automatically come and then I check it probably at the end of every month. But that's it just to make sure that I'm uh, maintaining what I'm putting in. And that's it. So that's another savings account. So I got that savings account, my regular savings account, and digit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. At one point, I have my accounts with Alibank. And I remember when I opened mine, they had like their um, APY, their percentage was like 1.3%. It's never a lot, but you always yeah. want to make sure so you're getting like the For highest sure. rate you can find in the moment. Because it does I loved it. I think this was an amazing conversation. I think it's a needed conversation because finance is such a great area. It's such an area that tears us down in so many aspects. Finance has caused depression. It just causes so many things. So if we can bring those conversations to the forefront and make certain things, you know, avoidable, I really want to. So I think hopefully I pray that this conversation has saved a lot of people from a lot of discernment, detriment, Everything that you can think of emotion-wise that could really pull you into the slumps because we've all been there, especially with the pandemic. So hopefully, God forbid, we end up in this situation any longer or have to go through another phase of it. This will help you prepare properly. Yeah. And I know like with COVID, you know, a lot of people have been laid off. You know, it's been a lot of turmoil. so I I hate to be super, super, you know, cliche, but, you know, just, just try to stay open-minded um, and don't beat yourself up about, you know, your finances. All you can do is manage and maintain. As soon as you get that picture, create some, you know, starts with small goals yeah. as to where you want to be and just work towards it and just make sure you're progressing. That's really all you can do. Rome was not built in a day. So if you're in a, if you're listening and you're in like, you know, in a funk and you're kind of in a low point right now, just, you know, jot it down with, what you want to change and, and how you can get there. I'm going to close out by saying, in those subscriptions you don't need, <laughs> stop trying to hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. They add up. Yes. Go. That's, that's a word. <laughs> Let them go. Let them go. Okay, it's not worth it. It is not. Let it go. If you're not needing it, let it go real quick. And I'm gonna let Dana let us know about anything she has coming up and where she can, where you guys can follow her. I had got a notification the other day that one of my um, subscriptions had ran, and I forgot to cancel it because I'm actually not using it this month. I'm gonna punch myself in the face. Because I forgot to cancel it after I finished using it for the previous month. In October, I was supposed to have a free month. I was like, that was $119 I could have saved, but it's okay. That's just something for me to set my own reminder for next time. I started to contact them, like, um, I'm canceling this. I need my money back today. But I was like, I'm not even going to be like that. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and chalk it up, bite the bullet, and go ahead and use my subscription for it. But 
make sure you set your reminders if you are going to cancel something to cancel it before it actually runs again. Go on and off. Do it on and off season. That's what I had to do um, on and off to save you some coins. If you're not using it, turn it off. If you need it again, turn it back on because guess what? They will always be there open to take your money. Always. Always. And also, if you are like somebody who uses like Adobe or whatever, and you, if you can afford to just pay it out out front, mm-hmm. do that because you actually save a lot more money. Versus paying for it every month. That's true. Even with your website. On a subscription basis. Just paying for it. It's a lot. Because that mostly thing out does right. add up. You will come out. Mm-hmm. 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 It's like they, they make you, they they kind of add some mm-hmm. extra mm-hmm. in there. They never really said it So there's something we have coming up and where they can find you on Instagram and social media. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at danamarie.s. That's D-A-N-A-M-A-R-I-E dot S. Um, if you listen to this episode, you want to say, hey, just DM me, girl, and say hi. I respond. <laughs> um, and as far as what's coming up next for me, um, <laughs> you know, with 2020, I'm just not, I just haven't been planning my life out that far in advance. <laughs> I'm really just saying, you know, like y'all looking for an account and guests are coming mentally. Come contact. So, <laughs> contact her. I'm going to put her email in there so you guys can email yeah. her in the description tab. I'm also going to add that social yeah. media so you can get access to her directly. And of course, you already know how this goes. Make sure you guys are sharing and telling your friends that they can listen to your Boss the podcast on Anchor, Google Play, Radio Break. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those amazing platforms. There's probably 30 other platforms that I always forget because I literally have never heard of them, but other people listen to them. Hence why we are in 27 countries and two continents. Shout out to y'all for being so loyal. We love you so, so much. You know, I am your wealthiest friend, D. Milan Mobley. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at, and Twitter at D. Milan Mobley, T-H-E-E-M-I-L-A-N-M-O-B-L-E-Y. And until next time, boss friends, you know it's hugs and kisses. Peace. So boss, and I'm, and I'm so boss, boss.